Amen. Thank you. <laughs> when we were worshiping, I just it, it really felt like hot breath on my heart and on my spirit. And I thought it's like the breath of the lion, just breathing into all of us, resurrection, life, and power. Okay. Okay, Jesus, help me. <laughs> I find myself here. I want to speak this morning on the heart of a warrior. And you can decide whether it's W-A or W-O. The difference being is who has our attention? Where is our focus? Who are we looking at? And I want to say up front, before I get carried away and lose myself in the process, is that I passionately do believe in prayers being answered. So if I speak about our journey and that the journey is not just about answered prayer, I'm not saying that I don't believe that God answers prayers because he says that if you ask anything in my name, I mean, that's not even where I'm speaking about. But I want to share on the story of Caleb because the heart of Caleb really grips me. And it, it just stirs a passion inside of me. And yeah, so that is where I'm going with this, okay. Um, last year, beginning of last year, I was reading Philippians 4, 6, where it says, don't fret, don't have anxiety, but with prayer and thanksgiving, um, just make your requests known. And Holy Spirit really challenged me with this, that if you're just reading it and it doesn't transform you, it's religious. It is knowledge. And so it's been my journey out throughout this whole past year and a half of that. And since February when we came back from Nepal, I've been in Romans and just been going through Romans. And yeah, at the end of Romans, I normally read, skip, read, skip, read, because all the names. And I send my regards to unpronounceable. And I send my love to unpronounceable. So you read and try and pick up the story. And in the Passion Translation, um, I was reading, and at the bottom, Brian Simmons was explaining the, the meaning of every name and where they went and who they were. And when I was reading that, I was just, wow, because their journey was really wow. And it was, and I send my love to so-and-so, and he's one of the 70. Now, you remember from the Gospels that Jesus sent out the 12, and he sent out the 70. We don't even know the names of the 70, but the 70 went. And here, Paul is talking about them, and he says, and give my love to so-and-so. This is what his name means, and he's one of the 70. And he ended up being a bishop in, in, in the west of Turkey, and he was martyred for his faith. And this is so-and-so, one of the 70, and he ended up the bishop in Greece or the bishop in India or wherever. And uh, he ended up doing this and this and this. And then the one of them was he was martyred. But then he was raised from the dead, and he went to become a bishop somewhere else. And I just thought, wow, wow. You know, if I can't find parking somewhere, then it's like, God, didn't you hear me? You know, really, must I walk all this way? 
And it's just, it's just started gripping my heart that we're on a journey, and the journey is so important to God because we are His promised land. And He wants all of us to reveal Him, to show Him, to reveal His power, to reveal His glory. But if we are not into the transforming and all we want is the, uh, this is my request, amen, receive. We're not going to be transformed. And we are the, the joy that was set before him. And as Grant prayed, we now must see him as the joy set before us. And I was reading the story of Horatio Spafford. And he was an elder in the Presbyterian church and a lawyer in the 1870s. And he wrote this song. It's a classic hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And when I was reading his story in 1871, they, he and his wife had five children. The youngest son died. And not long after the little boy died, uh, the, it was known as the Great Chicago Fire. It burned right, it destroyed all the businesses, and they lost most of their things. So two years later, in 1873, his wife and his four little girls, between the ages of 2 and 11, crossed over by ship. There was no Uber. They had to go by ship over to Europe and... He was going to follow later. And four days into the journey, the boat was uh, in a collision with a Scottish freighter. And 226 people drowned, including his four little girls. And so when he got the telegram from, from his wife, it was to say, I'm all alone. I'm left alone. And so he had to follow. So four days in, the captain showed him, this was where the accident was. This is where you lost your family. And he wrote the song, and I just, yeah, he said, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. And we can only say that when we look into the eyes of Jesus all the time. And I've, uh, yeah, let me get to the story of Caleb, the man that has gripped my heart. But let me first read you this from Hebrews 12. He's saying here, as for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, each affirming faith's reality. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. And the, in whatever verse that is, he says, so that you won't... So, Consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls. Opposed their own souls. So that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures, forgetting your destiny. So, in Numbers, Numbers 13... 
Um, I'm just going to pick up the certain verses or whatever that explains the story of Caleb. And he said in chapter, in Numbers 13, the Lord said to Moses, Send men to explore and scout out for yourselves the land of Canaan, which I give to you, which I give to you, the Israelites. And send men, uh, one from every tribe, the leader from every tribe. So they ended up sending 12 leaders to go and look at the land that was given to them. God did not say to them, you must go in there and hunder shunder. You must just go in there and you must go look at the land because I'm giving it to you. And see when then Moses called them together and he said, you are now the 12 leaders. You must go into the land. And he said, and see what the land is and whether the people who dwell there are strong or weak, whether they have food and so on. And then he says to them, and be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the lamb. Now the time was the time of the first fruit. So they went up and scouted through the land. And they brought back with them a cluster of grapes so big that they had to carry it on a pole with pomegranates and figs and whatever. And they returned from scouting on the land after 40 days. In verse 26, um, they came to Moses and Aaron and all the Israelites' congregation in the wilderness of, and brought them word and showed them the land and fruit. They told Moses, we came to the land to which you send us. Surely it flows with milk and honey. This is the fruit, but... Now the minute God gives you a vision... And that you get to but, it's not good. But the people who dwell there are strong. Now, how did they know that the people were strong? And the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, they were the sons of Anak of great stature and courage. So all the people started weeping and wailing because the promised land is now out of their reach. The land that God has given them, they now can't have. So Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess. We are well able to conquer it. But his fellow scouts said, we are not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than what we are. So they brought the Israelites an evil report. If God has given us a vision, and our journey starts to go towards that vision, do not listen or do not speak the evil report. We're journeying as a family through different things, and I have... Uh, like the word that I felt really burning in my heart that God has given to me. And it's like, okay, this is my decree. So I decree, God, you have said. So like two weeks later, it's not a good day. Then I say, God, you have said with a question mark in my voice. Now, what, what is plan B? Uh, how must I pray today? And then I started realizing that we can have a religious language. 
we need to just agree with what God is saying and change our atmosphere. Now, when you do it on day one, it's rah, rah, rah. If you do it on day 30, it's rah, rah, rah. You do it on day 60, there's no rah, rah, rah. And it is in that continued, what is it that, what, what, what are these sons of Anak that you are facing that are shouting louder than the land that God has given you? So, that was the uh, end of the vision. But anyway, so, where am I going? They were weeping and they were wailing. Okay, we covered that. Joshua and Caleb went into mourning and they were tearing their clothing and everything. And they kept on saying, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. But don't murmur, don't complain, don't be rebellious. And then the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people provoke me? And verse 24, it says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land into which he was sent, and his descendants shall possess it. And I really feel that we're in a season, especially in the body of Christ, that is about generational blessings. And if you are the first one that gets saved in your family, you have the privilege of changing all the things that was behind you and starting something for your family line. And if you are standing strong for the Lord and either behind you or before you, there's not such good things. You still have the privilege of standing and standing strong and to hear say, my servant... My servant, Murray, standing tall and strong for what God has said. Courtney, standing tall and strong and for what God has said. So now I want you to realize this man, Caleb, now has to wander around in the wilderness and spit sand for the next 40 years. Even though his heart was standing strong for God. He still had to wander around. And every day he had to choose whether he was going to be bitter, whether he was going to be resentful, whether he was going to rant and rave at these people that have kept him there in the sand, or whether he's going to stand and remember what God has said and wait for his opportunity. And I want to go to... Joshua 2. Now it's 40 years, 45 years later, and now they've crossed the Jordan, and Joshua has now taken over from Moses, and he must now send spies. But now he's learned from Moses, so he only sends two. He's definitely not sending 12. So the two of them go out, and they meet Rahab. And she hides them because now the enemy wants to kill them. Now, this is what just tickled me pink. So she hides the guys and she says to them, 
I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. So even the enemy knew that God had given them the land. So you know what? The enemy that terrorizes you, the enemy that shouts in your face that you are not going to make it, that you are not going to fulfill your destiny, that you are not going to do this and that, is the enemy that knows that God has given you that land. Is the enemy that knows that he's been defeated at the cross, that he has no power. All he has is lies and deception. And he's speaking to you and saying to you, no, you know that, that deal that you're believing for that is going to change hearting for God? Forget it. Do not get into the evil report. Having done all to stand, we stand. And we stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because it doesn't matter how strong you are, you will get to the end of your strength. You will get to the end of you, where it's only Holy Spirit, it's only God, it's only Jesus for you to fulfill. So she says, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea. So she's talking also way back. And when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of um, the Amorites who were on the east side of the Jordan, when we heard it, our hearts melted. Neither did spirit or courage remain anymore in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. And I thought, God, why do I battle with different things? Why do I listen to the enemy? Why do I, and you can even hear the whine, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> but we're just so intimidated. Who has our focus? Who are we looking at? Who have we locked eyes with? How can we, that, that man said, it is well with my soul when all this stuff is happening around us. And just, uh, by the way, him and his, uh, the, uh, what was his name, Stafford? Stafford. Him and his wife ended up in Israel ministering in Jerusalem and they had more children, but they were there ministering right through into World War I, ministering to Jewish people, Muslims, and Christians alike, showing them the love of God. So after all the tragedies in their life, they did what the enemy brought to destroy them. God turned for good, and they ministered in that land. Okay, so now we go to Joshua 14. So now they're busy with the inheritance. 
they're giving all the places and they're saying this tribe is getting this and this tribe is getting this and this tribe. So they get to Judah. And then Caleb says, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man concerning me. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from wherever to scout out the land. And I brought him a report as it was in my heart. But my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, surely the land on which your feet have walked shall be an inheritance to you and to your children always, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years since the Lord spoke the word to Moses, while the Israelites wandered in the wilderness, and now behold, I am this day 85 years old. Yet I am as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. As my strength was then, so is my strength now for war and to go out and to come in. And now give me this hill country. It just blows me away. And I think, you know what? In God's economy, there's no such thing as old people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're 90 or 100. And if you sit in a bed in your room, in a chair, in the sun, it doesn't matter where you are. Then you don't need a passport, you don't need border control, and you don't need money. And you can cross the oceans, and you can pray into any political situation, and nobody can keep you quiet. So it doesn't matter what age you are, you have an assignment from God. And I just, so strong in my heart this morning, there's something of the generational blessing that God is releasing in us with that heart of Caleb to say, it doesn't matter what my age is, this is the hill that God had promised me and this is the hill I'm going to climb and take. I just want to look at a couple of things in Hebrews 11. I think, as I said, since... Coming back from Nepal, I've been in Romans and in Hebrews 11, 4 and 11. And I literally, if I read the story of Caleb, if I read the story of these people and about faith, if I read through Romans, there's just this deep in my heart, God, just, just do that. Just do that in my heart. Just do that in my heart. I'm just going to pick up on different uh, um, verses here because faith is not abstract. It's not to get us stuff. It is to change us. Faith motivated Abraham. I think, yeah, it's verse 8. Um, to obey God's call and leave the familiar to discover the territory he was destined to inherit from God. 
uh, verse 10, his eyes of faith were set on the city with unshakable foundations whose architect and builder is God himself. Sarah's faith embraced the miracle power to conceive even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing. For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into his faithfulness. Verse 13, some of these heroes died clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them but they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. For clearly those who live this way are longing for the appearing of a heavenly city. And if their hearts were still remembering what they had left behind, they would have found an opportunity to go back. But they couldn't turn back, for their hearts were fixed on what was far greater, that is, the heavenly realm. Just going over to verse 30. Faith pulled down Jericho's walls. And then down in verse 40, uh, what is it, verse 33. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. Their faith fastened onto their promises and pulled them into reality. It was faith that shut the mouth of lions, put out the power of raging fire, and caused many to escape certain death by the sword. In their weakness, their faith imparted power to make them strong. Faith sparked courage within them, and they became mighty warriors in battle pulling armies from another realm into battle array. Faithful women saw their dead children raised in resurrection power. And just in verse 39, these were the true heroes commended for their faith, yet they lived in hope without receiving the fullness of what was promised them. But now, God has invited us to live in something better than what they had, faith's fullness. This is so that they could be brought to finished perfection alongside us. It is never just about you or me. It is always behind somebody behind you and somebody in front of you. It is about the cloud of witnesses that had heard all the prophetic promises and they'd never seen, never lived in it, but they see us living in it. And they are cheering us on, saying, be strong and be of good courage. Just go forward, just carry on. And those things that are shouting in your face, those things that are trying to overcome you, to know those things are defeated. In Peter, he says, 1 Peter 2, 9, he said, you've been called out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now the, he claims you as his own. 2 Peter 1, 3 says, everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God 
has already been deposited in us by his divine favor. Uh, let me read here. The Lord's been speaking about that it's time for the blessings of the generation. It is the appointed time for salvation and provision. You are his promised land. You were the joy set before him. Our journey is not about answered prayer. It's not about our comfort. It's about freedom. And it's about becoming him so that you can change the world around us. That's part of our destiny. How each one of us fulfill it is individual. And I just feel in my heart that it's, it's about also about impartation this morning. So I want to pray. If you're between 0 and 45, won't you please stand? O years, not years, <laughs> 45 years. <laughs> There's a lot of young people here, my goodness. <laughs> and I want to pray and say there's certain things that each one of us, uh, I have something that you don't have, and you have something that I don't have. And that's why we need family. And that's why as in generations we pray and we bless one another because we impart and we keep on saying, you can do this. You can finish this journey. You can run strong. You can finish victorious. So I want to read this over you, the, what Paul said. He said, But arise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, that I might appoint you to serve as my minister and to bear witness both to what you have seen of me and to that in which I will appear to you. Choosing you out, I am now sending you to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and a portion among those who are consecrated and purified by faith in me. So, Father, I pray this morning, I pray that you will strengthen each one of these young people. I pray that you will grip every heart, that the power of Holy Spirit, that you will blow fire into every heart and into every spirit. I pray that you will release a boldness like the lion of the tribe of Judah into every heart. I pray that the fire of God will burn up those things that they see before them that is intimidating them, that is shouting at them that they cannot go, that they will not be able to, that their past disqualifies them, that their this or the that disqualifies them. And we say that Jesus has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness and that Jesus knows your name and that he has called you by name, 
and that he has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for you. And it is in him that you will fulfill your plan and that you will fulfill your purpose. And that there's a generation out there that is waiting to hear what you have to say. And that there are nations out there that are longing to hear about freedom, but they've never even heard the name of Jesus. And that you go and that you proclaim and speak the beautiful name of Jesus. And Lord, this morning we say that it is not about where they come from and it is not about what has happened. It is about who you are. And that you shake and that you break and that you reveal and you open their eyes and that you reveal and show that that thing that has been terrorizing them is a defeated foe. And I thank you, Father, that you have called them, you have destined them, and you have spoken their name. And I thank you, Father, that you proclaim them as pure, as holy, as consecrated, as set apart to fulfill what you have called them to. And I break the lies off of their ears. There are nations waiting to hear your voices. There are dark places in our nation that are crying out to hear the name of Jesus. And I speak boldness and courage and strength over you because God is faithful. And we prayed for the fire of God to burn in every heart and to shake loose and to bring forth that call that he spoke, that word that he spoke to you. And I break apathy off in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You who begun a good work in each one of us, you will fulfill it. You will fulfill it in Jesus' name. You can take your seat, and I would like those that are over 46 up, if you will stand. Um, when Krista asked me to release and to pray over you guys, um, the first thing I felt was just an honor, the honor and the pleasure of the Lord over you. Um, and I just want to say that even as a, as a generation, sorry, I just want to read this, I don't want to get it wrong. Just because you've been a generation so hardworking, persevering, making things possible for the next generation, which God sees and honors, and we honor you for it too. But don't forget that you still have a calling, a destiny, and an inheritance in Jesus. 
Don't forget what he's given you and what he's entrusted you with. You carry revival. You carry something that we as a younger generation look to to lead us and help us mature and grow in our walk with Jesus. And I feel like Jesus is saying that it's time to receive again and it's time to run with all that he's given you. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. Rise up. Lead the way. And show us what it looks like to live for Jesus, to live in faith with eternity in our gaze, saying yes to all that he is doing in and through us, and to be obedient to his voice and always hungry for more. Because there's always more. So don't think that you've seen it all. He longs for us to come closer. And if it's okay for you, can we all stand? I just want to, everybody. <laughs> um, I just want to read this to you, and then I also want to read a scripture and just pray over us. Young and old, we have a race to run together, shoulder to shoulder. With our eyes fixed on Jesus, our posture in surrender, we can only go forward in humility and hunger, eagerly pursuing the heart of our Father in oneness and unity. We rise above it all, leaving what lies behind and pressing on forward to what lies ahead. With Jesus as our source for everything, the one who holds our identity, we are to run with courage and run with strength, fully awake, fully aware, and fully alive in him. For no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no heart can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. We are to live in the spirit, for it is by his spirit that he unveils and reveals the reality of heaven, his inmost heart and deepest mysteries. We are called to be a mature people who are not dictated to by the mindset of the flesh, but a people who are led by his spirit, living for eternity, to know him and to make him known on the earth. That is our cry, that is our desire, and that is what we should be fighting for together. God intended that our faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. He is so much greater than our present realities. So let us look to Jesus in every moment and every situation, for he is our breakthrough, he is our outcome, and he is our victory. So Lord, I thank you for every man, woman, and child in this room. Thank you that you've called us as sons and daughters to lead a life lived in the Spirit, Lord, after your heart, Jesus. Lord, would you fill us from our head to our toes right now, God, with courage and strength to follow you with every part of our beings, Jesus, to live for you every day, God. Would you give us your perspective, what you see, what you hear? Lord, and would you remove all the filters? 
that keep us back and hinder us, God, from seeing you face to face, Jesus. I thank you for who you are, God, in every life here today, Jesus. Thank you that you're opening our eyes right now. God, I thank you that you're igniting a fire again inside of us, Lord, to burn for you, Jesus, to burn for you, Father. Come and fill, Jesus. Come and fill right now, Lord. In Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, it says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.